And now, it's the Florida Spectacular Podcast, hosted by Kathy Celestri. Find Kathy on Twitter and Instagram at Kathy Celestri, C-A-T-H-Y-S-A-L-U-S-T-R-I, on Facebook at Celestri Kathy, and visit her website, greatfloridaroadtrip.com. Now, discover a Florida you never knew existed. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Florida Spectacular. I'm your host, Kathy Celestri, and with me this week is Holly Abiles, who works with Florida Sea Grant, and we're going to talk about fishing in Florida. Holly, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's a lot of fun. Every week, uh, as most of our listeners know, we like to talk about some of the great things about Florida, so it wouldn't be appropriate to talk about Florida and not at least mention fishing. And uh, so that's why you're here. But you also have uh, some advice for people who are going to book fishing trips or maybe want to go fishing. And we're going to get into that. But before we do, can you tell our listeners what Florida Sea Grant is? Yeah, of course. Uh, Florida Sea Grant is a national program um, under the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And it's a collaboration among um, NOAA and the states where we provide education and research and teaching um, to our coastal communities. So there is a Sea Grant program in every um, state that has a coast, including the Great Lakes um, and Guam and Puerto Rico. And so if you are in a coastal state, you have a Sea Grant program. And here in Florida, uh, the Florida Sea Grant program um, has extension agents in Uh, many counties um, in Florida. So I'm the extension agent in Brevard County, um, which covers Cocoa, Titusville, Melbourne, Cocoa Beach. Um, But all of our extension agents cover most of the state, most of our coastal communities, or at least we try to work um, within the communities near us. And then our main office is in Gainesville um, with the University of Florida, which is where we are housed. Okay, so you're sort of under a couple of different governmental agencies. And so that leads to the next question. Why does the government care about fishing? Well, the government cares about fishing because it's a huge resource um, and a huge economic benefit. So many people like seafood. Many people love to fish. Florida is the fishing capital of the world. Uh, So many people come here every year to fish in our coastal waters or even in our lakes. And Florida is um, great at looking at all of our different fisheries and making sure that fishing here in Florida is fun and sustainable as well. The uh, There's actually a bridge in Florida called the Most Fishingest Bridge. That's over in Mount Lachey down by Fort Myers. Uh, so that's that's great. And so, of course, with all the seafood and consumption and so much coastline, there's a lot of places where I imagine things can go very right like they did for years before there were a lot of people in Florida. But then also I would think the more people who come to Florida looking for a way to go fishing or to get some seafood, there might be some ways things could go wrong. And if I'm understanding uh, a little bit about what you do is I think you help guide people towards fishing experiences that are not going to go wrong, uh, both for them and for the fish. I mean, obviously it goes a little wrong for the fish, but not on a, uh, massive global extinction scale. Yeah, so um, Sea Grant is 
well known across the nation for working with commercial and recreational fishers. And so um, one of the great things that we do here in Florida is work really closely with both recreational fishermen and for hire fishermen. So a charter captain that you might call up and say, hey, I'd love to go out on the water today. And they take you out either in our local estuaries or maybe um, offshore fishing. And, you know, Sea Grants um, and Extension recognizes that um, education is often the key to help everyone have a better experience overall in our environment. So um, one of the programs that Sea Grants and the University of Florida Extension and Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, um, one of the programs we decided or thought about um, creating here in Florida is a, a Florida Friendly Fishing Guide certification program. And so this program is for fishing guides. Um, so for people that you would, someone you would call to go out and take you fishing. Um, and it was a program that actually fishing guides wanted. So we did a survey and asked fishing guides, hey, we create this educational program. Would you be interested? And um, a large majority of the guides said, yeah, this would be great. We would love to have a certification like this. Um, here's you know, some topics we'd love to have covered. And um, yes, we will even pay for it. So, so, uh, so okay, wow. So we went to uh, fishing, let me stop you. Just we went to fishing commercial fishermen, people who take out charter boats, who take out um, tourists, essentially, or locals who want a weekend. Right. And that's who you asked. Yeah, yeah charter fishing captains. So um, those that are guiding a boat, you know, you'll go on their boat. They're going to take you out fishing. You'll either catch those fish and bring them home or do catch and release fishing. So depending on that, that guide and what you want to do when you're out fishing. But, yeah, someone that you're going to hire to take you out the best fishing spots um, and go fishing and hopefully catch some fish. Right. So what was, um, so what, what did the captains have to learn from this? I mean, what, 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 I mean, I don't want you to give us a whole rundown of the course, obviously, yeah. but what does it involve? What do they learn? What do, what do you teach them? What's the goal? Those are three um, so they, separate questions, by the yes, way. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. They learn a lot of things. So um, the goal really is that, um, you know, for these fishing guides to commit, and to recognize that you know they should um, they should want and they want to preserve the future of Florida's fisheries. So they want to make sure that our fisheries are sustainable in Florida and that they're um, doing best management practices, best practices while they're out in the water, while they're fishing with their clientele, to make sure that that fishery is um, sustainable um, and that they're practicing best boating and fishing techniques. So. In this course, which is an online course, um, so it takes about three to four hours um, for, to take the course and it's at your own pace. Um, we cover topics such as like um, safety and sustainability of the uh, fishing resource, the environment, um, seafood safety. We talk about um, the best ways to um, get rid of waste, you know, from your boat or that you might be um, collecting while you're out on the water. Um, we look at coastal ecology. So even just learning more about the environment um, where you're fishing and about these fish in particular, um, and how to even give back to fishery science and management. So there's a lot of different programs that fishermen can participate in where they're actually helping um, fisheries managers, you know, collect data about our fisheries in, in Florida. 
And um, why did why do you think the captains got behind this? I think that you know, in general, they probably wanted to show that they're committed to you know sustainable fisheries, and they're committed to making sure that their livelihood um, is something that's going to be around for many many years, right? So like. Um, they want to be able to go out and um, fish and catch these fish. They want to make sure that their clientele have a great experience. Um, you know, they want to make sure that their clientele know that they, you know, want to be sustainable fishermen and that they care about the resource. So a certification like this, you know, called the Florida Friendly Fishing Guide certification um, kind of helps to give, you know, the person who's hiring that guide allows them to know yeah, this is someone who's committed to, you know, our fisheries and committed to, you know, having sustainable fisheries and committed to our environment. So what should, um, say, someone comes to Florida or they even live in Florida and they want to find a Florida-friendly fishing guide because they care about these things too. How do they, how would you suggest they do that? Um, so um, one of the things that happens when guides go through this program is they get, um, some swag. So they get some, the ability to um, post like a decal on their boat or um, even post on their website or social media saying that they're a Florida friendly um, fishing guide. Um, so there's one way to see if a guide has gone through the program. Um, you can also go to Florida Sea Grant's website for the program. Um, and we actually list all of the guides um, that have gone through the program and successfully completed it. And we, as of um, this this morning, I actually looked and we have 92 guides across the state who've already gone through the program. And the program's really only been going for just over two years. So it started in September of 2019. So it's still kind of a new program. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how many fishermen did you say you had signed up who were gone through the program? 92. Do we know how many fishermen there are in Florida? I mean, commercial fishermen. I know that we could look at who had their license. Do you have any idea of how many fishermen are part of are, are in Florida who make their living this way? Um, I do not know. Um, I know um, a lot of the fishermen have to get like permits and other types of regulatory documents um, in order to be fishing guides. So um, they would do that through the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Um, okay. So they would probably have that data. And do we have any idea? Um, how this impacts them. Have you gotten any feedback from fishermen who've gone through the program who said, wow, it's changed how I do this? Or, I mean, have you gotten any indications? Yeah, we actually have a bunch of testimonials. Um, I can try to see if I can pull um, one of them up. But um, a lot of guides say, you know, basically they find the information very informative. Um, a couple of guides have said, you know, I'm looking to hire um, fishermen for my business. And I'm going to make sure that they take the certification, um, you know, when they get hired or before they get hired. Um, you know, some fishermen are like, you know, I feel like I'm fairly knowledgeable, right? They've been out on the water for probably their whole lives or for a very long, you know, for however long they've been fishing guides. And even they say, you know, there were some misconceptions or maybe some things that, you know, they were like, oh, I actually did didn't think about that, or maybe I didn't know that before, or they had a different idea about something. So um, everyone that has taken it so far has learned something and taken something from it. I know this is asking for really specific stuff, but I'm curious, what would a fisherman not, can you give me an example of what a fisherman would say, oh, I never thought about that, or I thought I knew this? 
Um, let me see. I'm looking at a couple of the testimonials to see if there's something. This one um, guide says, um, you know, since completion, I found myself being much more aware of the impact we as guides can make on our clients in the environment. Um, he says the fish handling and plastics portion of the course were especially helpful. Um, so maybe just learning more about um, how do you properly take, take care of waste or even just having a better idea of, you know, how do you talk to their clientele? So there's like a interaction with clientele portion of the course. Um, so it probably gives them some feedback about how best to do that, or even just, you know, information that they can relay, you know, back to their clientele about what it is that they're seeing when they're out on the water. The plastics is fascinating to me and heartbreaking because if you spend any time on the water, it seems like you can't go anywhere without running into plastics. And, um, I, at one, one point had a part-time job as a kayak guide and my boss, and then I did too, of course, we would just carry, um, a big plastic bag to collect all the other plastics and just haul it back with us. Are there more fish? I don't know if you know this answer, but I've always wondered when we talk about, not we, when I hear on the news or I read an article about microplastics making their way into the food chain, specifically with aquaculture, is there one type of fish that's more susceptible to that in Florida? Is it a problem just across the board? Yeah, I actually had this question in a microplastics presentation I did not too long ago. Um, so, you know, microplastics in general are in our environment. Um, they're everywhere. So it's kind of hard to get away from them. Um, there are actually been a couple of studies here in our Indian River Lagoon of some scientists looking at um, filter feeders like oysters and actually finding um, small pieces of plastic um, within the oysters. Um, so the microplastics within those filter feeders. Um, and fish can also get microplastics within their, you know, intestinal system, either because they are eating something within the water column or they're eating another smaller fish and that fish has microplastics. So, um, you know, I can't say if there's one fish that's more susceptible to another because it depends on their environment, what it is that they're eating. Um, but microplastics are definitely ubiquitous and everywhere within our, our environment. So it sounds like you have a pretty broad range of things you're you're trying to impart for these fishermen. It sounds like you have a lot of state to cover too. You're based, you said, in Brevard? Yes. All right. So, and then this program, of course, runs the whole state. Does it deal with freshwater fishing also, or is it focused on saltwater fishing? The majority of us who worked on this are, um, you know, focused on our fresh or on our coastal systems. Um, but I could imagine a, you know, a freshwater fishing guy could also take the same information because um, a lot of it would still be, you know, um, something that they could learn. So even fish handling or fisheries management, um, seafood safety, you know, boating and angling ethics, um, you know, the coastal ecology part might not be as important because they would be on a freshwater system. Um, but I think still the information would be valuable to them. It's um, it's a lot. I mean, it's impressive. Do other states have this type of program? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm not sure. I know that there have been some states who have looked at this program and um, wanted to replicate it in their state. So other Sea Grant programs um, have wanted to replicate this. Um, I don't remember which ones exactly, but um, you know, we like to to share ideas, and you know, if someone sees something that 
you know, could be replicable in another state, you know, we want to help them to, to be able to do that. So we're always open to that. Okay. And how long have you been with um, the program? Were you, were you helping create any of this? Were you? Yeah. So, yeah. So we um, kind of first started talking about this and I believe it was 2016. Um, and so um, I helped develop one of the modules. So like the ecology module, coastal ecology module, module I helped to develop with another um, one of my colleagues. And so, you know, each of us kind of took a module and said, yes, I'll help develop this one. And it's a um, presentations so as a PowerPoint presentation, but there's also like interactive portions like, um, you know, fill in the blank questions or quizzes and other things like that to kind of keep the, the guide engaged. Um, so yeah, I helped to create one of the modules. So with um, coastal ecology, you, you work to develop that module. What does that include? Um, so it includes, you know, just stuff about our estuaries um, or, you know, our marine environment. Um, we talk about um, things like, you know, our mangrove forests or salt marshes. So the different types of environments these guides, you know, might be in and just information about their importance to different fish species, you know, because fish live in different habitats, you know, throughout their different life cycle. So we talk about things like that. So just information potentially that they could use, you know, when they're out on the water. And maybe a client has a question about a mangrove or something like that. You know, they could be able to, to give them some information about it. So they kind of in turn could become a little bit of an advocate for Florida's environment also. Yeah, definitely. You know, they're, you know, not only helping, you know, the fishery and the environment and trying to be, um, you know, better guides themselves, but they're educating whoever it is that's on their boat, right? So there's probably some dialogue that's happening. You know, they're talking about what it is that they're seeing. They're talking about the fish that they're catching or what they might catch. Yeah, so they're, you know, also being educators themselves and um, trying to give, you know, accurate and best information to their clientele while they're on the water. What do you think your favorite part of the program is? What What do you think is the one thing that if you really had to point to it and say, yeah, this is this is the best thing, this is, this is the most spectacular thing about what we do. What would you, what would you tell somebody? I guess I, um, I think the best thing is that hearing from guides, like after they take the program and they're like, yes, I actually really learned something and it's, <laughs> this is something I'm going to use. Right. Cause you, you're never sure. Like when you create something, especially an educational program, like even though we did ask guides what they wanted to hear and we did like a pilot of it. So like guides got to take the course and like, let us know their thoughts on what could be changed. But um, so they provided some guidance, but you just never know, like once it kind of gets out there, what's going to happen. And I think, you know, anytime you hear from a guy that's taken it and said, I'm going to definitely use this information. Thank you so much for offering this. Um, you know, they're really excited about being able to, be a Florida-friendly fishing guide. So I think anything, that always makes me happy. <laughs> and it just makes me excited because then you know that something you created is valuable and that is useful to the client, that to your own clientele or you're offering it to. Well, I know that um, I've, I know some fishing guides and to get them to be able to say, yeah, this was valuable. I learned something. Because I think sometimes when you spend your time so far away from people, there can be the out on the water. And then even if you're not truly a governmental agency, you know, you're kind of a cooperative, but you come in and say, well, here's the government. We're going to tell you 
these things you don't know. I could see where it would potentially be met with some resistance. Mm -hmm. So that alone is kind of incredible. Um, do you eat seafood? I do. Yeah, I love seafood. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Florida seafood? Oh, um, that's a great question. Um, I always love grouper. Like, you know, when groupers are, I love um, all our different shrimp species. So here in the in Brevard County, um, uh, we're known for the area that has rock shrimp. So it's a very deep ocean species of um, shrimp that um, the Thompson family like learned that they could, you know, bring in and they could peel like the very hard shell of the shrimp and they could sell it and people would eat it. And it's so, so yummy. <laughs> so if you like Maine lobster, it's pretty much like a little Maine lobster. It's, I always highly recommend that people eat it. Oh, that's um, what I always say about the uh, Royal Reds you can get in the pan. Yes. I, um, those yeah. are also a deep water fish and they are yep. like little tiny lobsters, although they're bigger than most shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. We have smaller than a lobster. Are they, is it the same thing? Do they boil up and taste like lobster or are they a little bit different? Because I've had some from the Argentina area that are not at all the same. The rock shrimp, um, they're, they have like a really hard shell. Um, so sort of like a lobster having a hard shell. They're not very big, so they're smaller than like a rural red. Um, but they usually you get them like peeled open already. And so you're just kind of taking the meat out. But yeah, I... I'm from New England originally, so I um, love Maine lobster. Um, and so I think they they taste like little mini Maine lobsters without all the extra work of getting a Maine lobster. So. so are all those things you just mentioned sustainable? Are there ways to fish for them sustainable? Yeah, so um, our shrimp fishery, shrimp um, fishery in general is a sustainable product because shrimp have a kind of a year life cycle. So they, you know, start out in our estuaries and they go offshore, you know, to finish the, to turn into adults and to get to breeding, but usually they only live for about a year. So there's like a kind of constant turnover for shrimp. Um, and with the species like say the rock shrimp or the royal reds, because they are a deep water species, they're not necessarily fished heavily. So, you know, there's only so many boats that can go that far offshore. Or that um, want to. Yeah. <laughs> To, to get those shrimps. So, um, you know, they're not, might not be as, there might not be as much competition for people going out to fish for them because it, it is a little bit more effort. That makes sense. Um, okay. What about the, um, the grouper? When you say you like grouper, there's all kinds of grouper. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always wondering when we talk about grouper, I know the state has just started to allow a limited number of, uh, takes on goliath grouper which are huge um are all groupers sustainable is it possible to fish for them in a sustainable way yeah so i am not as familiar with all the different types of grouper species but um i know that there's only like a certain period of time that you can fish for grouper in the state um and and i, I think it also depends on the species there's a lot of different grouper species so there's you know, many that you can kind of choose from to, to fish for. Yeah. And I did read um, just today, actually, about the Goliath grouper, that they're going to propose an amendment for um, a limited catch of that species. I think it's not till like 2022 or 2023 when that would actually happen. But um, 
Yes, I would say um, grouper are a sustainable fishery because they're highly regulated. So okay. depending on the species that you're looking at, there's only so much you can catch. Um, usually there's only a certain period of time that you can catch them in, um, depending on the species in particular. Um, I, in general, tell people that, you know, any type of fish or shellfish that you're going to eat that comes from the United States is going to be sustainable because our fisheries are really highly regulated um, in the nation. So any fishery that you can think about um, has a lot of regulations that go into it. There's always lots of management related to them. Um, you know, the states or the fishery management councils that manage those fisheries, you know, are always looking at um, how best to regulate and manage those fisheries. So there's lots of different pieces and parts that go into, um, you know, how much you can catch, when you can catch, um, how many people can be out catching, you know, different things like that. So we have a um, highly regulated, highly regulated fisheries um, here in not only Florida, but across the nation. Okay, wow. Well, that's a whole different side of Florida than I think a lot of us see is the Florida under the sea and on top of the water. And I'm really grateful that you've been able to spend some time with us today and talk about a program that's keeping Florida's uh, fishing culture up to date on what the best way to fish is and helping to educate the fishermen on things that may be happening that impact their lives. So it's it's a really fascinating program. And uh, I don't know, we're about out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything I didn't ask you about? Any other tasty and delicious Florida seafood that we can eat sustainably that I forgot to mention? There's so many. I guess it depends on what you like. So I we um, I highly recommend any Florida, you know, specific fish or shellfish that you can find. Um, they're all great. We have so many different species to choose from. Um, I think there's like 80 plus more or more species that are just found here in Florida. So try anytime you see one, just try it. You never know what you might like. Fair enough. I am always up for trying seafood. So I, I like how you think. And uh, in the show notes today, we're going to go ahead and include some specific links uh, one about the Florida Sea Grant program, one about a Florida uh, Florida friendly fishing uh, guide, guides, uh, plural, and then also just a little bit of information about you and how people can find out more about you, Holly, when they want to learn more. Great. Um, Great. Thanks well, so much. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And folks, my name is Kathy Celestri. I've been your host. Our guest this week has been Holly Abeels, and we'll see you next time on the Florida Spectacular.